Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here. Jamal Collier joining us, our MLB.com Nationals reporter. We are talking middle infield as far as this Nationals team goes heading into 2017, Jamal. And nothing like some good timing as we record this podcast uh, just maybe an hour after Stephen Drew officially signs to return to the Nationals on a one-year deal. Uh, Drew played 70 games with the Nats in 2016. He really served an effective role as that backup infielder. And at this point in his career, I think you pretty much know what you're getting with Stephen Drew. Yeah, shout out to Mike Rizzo for looking out for us on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> in fact, and getting this uh, deal done today. Um, this was a, a kind of a deal that they, they, they was really important for them to do, and they kind of had to get done. Uh, Drew, obviously, after coming off a strong year, was trying to see if he could land somewhere for a starting role next season. And, and, and of course, that's his right. But when the market really hasn't developed at all for a lot of players, especially a, a lefty middle infielder. So uh, brings Drew kind of back to the Nats, a one-year deal. Um, and for them, you know, they really needed just some depth. We'll talk a little bit about their middle infielders uh, here in a minute. But, you know, a guy like Daniel Murphy, who had the, the hamstring problems last year, um, that he said that's kind of a thing that you're going to have to monitor and it could be reoccurring. Uh, so, I mean, he hasn't played 150 games since uh, in a season since 2013. So he's a guy who you can almost kind of pencil down that maybe for about two weeks or so is going to just kind of be sidelined or going to have to sit him or something. Then you got a guy like Trey Turner, who's a rookie, who's playing shortstop for the first time. So it was really important to have some depth uh, off the bench and for the middle infield. And you had Wilmer Defoe uh, before today as the only other backup middle infielder on the roster. And Defoe was a nice player and they like him a lot. But to kind of uh, put that burden on a guy who's never done that role, coming off the bench and, and having to move so many different positions. Um, would have just been such an unknown for them. So the Drew deal made a whole lot of sense. They were kind of interested in him from the beginning of the offseason, um, and they got it done. All right, let's move on to those other guys that you mentioned. Uh, and I want to start with Trey Turner because he's the, the new face there. Obviously not a new face to this team. He was so effective last year out in center field. But now he gets to return to his, we'll call it his natural position, although he, mm -hmm. he took well to center field. He made some nice plays out there. Um, now, while it's his natural position playing shortstop, there's no question that the team had some doubts about his ability to be able to stay there um, at the major league level a year ago. So how much more confident are they now? Obviously, Danny Espinosa is no longer with the team, and it's Turner's job. Um, so how high is the confidence, not offensively, but defensively for Turner at short? I think it remains to be seen, uh, just to see exactly what they're going to get with him. Uh, they like a lot of the tools that, that, that makes him. He's so athletic. He's going to have good range because he's going to get to a lot of balls. So because he's going to get to so many balls, you're going to also see um, that he'll probably make some errors that other shortstops really wouldn't get charged with because he just wouldn't even reach the ball um, that, that, that you know Trey will get to. So it's, it's going to be just kind of how he responds to some of the mistakes that he may make or some of the things that uh, may not go well at times at shortstop. And, and as a matter of fact, as a guy who you think, uh, you think about what he did last year and going to the outfield after never playing center field uh, and, and having a crash course in the minors basically about a week. 
having to be becoming a starting center fielder and leadoff hitter. He's a guy that can respond to mistakes and can kind of fix those things, you know, uh, on the fly. And then Dusty Baker, I think, mentioned this a couple of times last year. One of the things that he was most impressed with with Trey Turner was you didn't have to tell him the same thing twice. He told him something about an adjustment or something that he had to kind of correct. He corrected it, moved on, and that was it. It was a kind of a lingering thing. So, you know, will he be perfect defensively? De- definitely not. He was probably going to definitely be a downgrade over what Espinosa was, who was so good defensively last year. Um, but it's going to be a bit of a learning curve up the middle with them uh, for him and defensively. But they seem committed to uh, letting to letting him, you know, figure it out. Um, and he's a guy who obviously, you know, his offense and, and the numbers that he put up kind of uh, was so good in that short sample last year for the half season. Um, that if he hits that well and plays that way and is that dynamic at the top of their order, then I think they'll live with some of those mistakes. You mentioned the offense and how good he was a year ago. And then when you think about the fact that he did all that while kind of learning a new position um, yeah. in his first real time in the big leagues, I mean, it's kind of remarkable. You would think a guy that's that's focusing so much on figuring stuff out defensively would maybe struggle offensively, but he had no issues at all. And and does that speak to, to what he could be this year offensively? Maybe he's even better because he's back playing shortstop where he's a little more comfortable? It was really impressive what he did last year. I mean, you know, the, the numbers, he, he slugged like Mike Trout. He stole bases like Billy Hamilton. He, uh, you know, he hit 340. He had a 9-some just was, was kind of just a perfect uh, storm of a player. And, and it, it might be unfair for him to just look at those numbers and, you know, 79 games, I believe it was, and you just double those and see what he can necessarily do, which would put you at about 70 stolen bases and 25 home runs or whatever. But um, it, it, it's tough to exactly know where his expectations is. Um, one of the things I actually was kind of interested in is that he's, his slugging percentage was about five-something last year. And you kind of think, you know, he's not a guy necessarily known for his power. He has the power. He probably can hit 20 home runs in the major leagues. Uh, at some point, but you know, probably looking at a guy who's going to hit 10 to 15 home runs uh, just in general. Um, but he might have a high slugging percentage just in general because he's a guy who, who who obviously can extend everything with his his feet, and he can turn singles into doubles, doubles into triples, and those things obviously count toward his slugging percentage. Um, so I kind of expect that number to be pretty high. And he's shown a, you know he, he hits fastballs, he can get on base. Um, it's it's tough to exactly figure out where he's going to be, but I think he's going to be somewhere similar to what we saw, uh, you know, in that short sample last year. Now the league's going to adjust to him, and it's going to, of course, be up to him to kind of continue to make adjustments and to to, to figure it out. We saw the Dodgers a little bit in the playoff series kind of threw him a lot of a lot of breaking stuff early on, um, but by the end of that, you know, he's only a five game series. By games four and five, he looked a lot better at the plate, a lot more comfortable handling some of those curveballs than he did in games one, two, and three, really. So um, it's going to be a, a constant adjustment for him to see. But I think that, um, you know, the guy who was the, the you know second rookie of the year and was so good for them last year, that's pretty much the kind of player that they're expecting and you think that's going to be uh, for Trey Turner this year and going forward. And then, obviously, at second base, Daniel Murphy uh, outplayed any possible expectations people could have had for him uh, signing, obviously, as a – kind of a second choice for the Nationals that turned out to be uh, MVP candidate throughout the season and really put this team on his back at times. The good thing about Mur- or the, the scary thing about Murphy is you'd think maybe there'd be some regression there because of how good he was. But then on the other hand, it seems like ever since midway through 2015, something kind of clicked with Murphy where you think that this is actually who he is and who he's going to be for the next few years. And I think that's just it, that you know anybody looking at these numbers from last year and thinking, they were a fluke, you know, it's, it's kind of mistaken because he definitely is, is a different player than the Daniel Murphy of 
you know, the years before. You can kind of can throw those numbers essentially out um, and say that we're going to probably see something closer to what he was in 2016. Uh, now, I expect some regression just because, you know, how can he be? You know, you never expect anybody to to hit three. You know, he hit three forty with a, a, a nine fifty something OPS and and twenty five homers. You know, he, like those numbers you kind of just expect to come down a little bit. Uh, but I would not expect anything drastically different from Murphy. He uh, is just really knows exactly what he wants to do with the play. He has such a, a great approach and such a great work ethic. Work ethic, I should say, about kind of how he goes about his business at the plate. And yeah, he's really remade himself into just a, a completely different player. Uh, than what he was before. I, I think that you can kind of take what he did, you know, the last year and a half or so, and that's how you should use those numbers to project what you'll see for Murphy. Um, the guy was going to hit for a high average, um, is going to make a lot of contact, and he's got some power to necessarily drive in 20, 25 home runs again. We mentioned Stephen Drew, obviously, off the yeah. top and, and what his role will be. That role seemed like it was destined to maybe be Wilmer Defoe as that backup guy up the middle. So with the addition of Stephen Drew, what does that mean for Defoe? Does he still have a spot on this roster, barring an injury? Or um, you know, is he going to have to start the year in the minors? Where does he sit? It's going to be tough, I think, for him to necessarily uh, start the year in the majors. I think he's going to be a guy who uh, they like a lot, and they'd like to, to also kind of get him working at third base and make him a little bit of a utility guy as well. So, I mean, I think that's an easier thing to do in the minors. You know, also, you can kind of move him around and play him every day and get him some reps there. Um, but he's a guy who's going to have that versatility where you can kind of yeah, you have options with it. You can call him up and down. You can and move him around the infield if you know, depending on if you have injuries or, or need need him for those kind of situations. So um right now the bench looks pretty set when you look at where um I'm trying to go off the top of my head we got Drew, uh, Chris Heisey and uh, Clint Robinson, Lobatone, uh, and then probably a fifth spot is probably gonna be for some kind of reserve uh, fourth outfielder, maybe Michael Taylor, maybe Brian Goodwin. But uh so Defo might not have a spot necessarily on the opening day roster, but I could guess that he's going to be in the majors kind of a significant portion of 2017 and, and get some playing time somehow. One more thing I wanted to get your thoughts on, Jamal. You have a story on uh, Nationals.com uh, looking back on basically the best free agent signing the Nationals have made yep. um, over their time in D.C. And, and Jason Worth gets the nod. Um, obviously, Daniel Murphy was incredible too, but that's only one year we can kind of look at at this point, whereas Worth has been longer term. Um, and Worth has been very good on the field, but it seemed like he also just made a change for this franchise and that it went from a struggling franchise that it had some high draft picks to a spot that could be a destination for free agents. And they really turned the corner after his arrival. And I think that's just that um, I'm, I'm not usually one for, you know, uh, symbolic gestures or clubhouse guys because, you know, the kind of the thing is these guys don't produce, then it kind of doesn't really matter a whole lot. And Worth has been a productive player. Uh, and it's had some really good years, uh, as a matter of fact, too early on in his contract. But, um, it, it really, I mean, you can basically draw a before and after to before Jason Worth signed and, and after he signed. And, and when he did, um, the deal was, was, you know, looking just back on it, when they first happened, everybody was kind of puzzled uh, for both sides and puzzled to why was the Nats you know, commit this money to this much money to this guy who was turning 33 at the time. Uh, and why would Jason Worth want to sign with this team who's coming up back to back 100 lost seasons? Um, and really from there, it just kind of transformed this team into the team that's won three divisions in, in the past five years. He's given them, uh, he's obviously just been a presence and a leader as, as far as the team on the field in the clubhouse. Um, and he's kind of become one of the, the faces of this team and of this franchise uh, since baseball has kind of been revived here in the city. So I think he was an easy choice for just necessarily the best free agent signing right now. 
you know, you talked about Murphy's really early in his contract. Max Scherzer's really early in his contract. But I was out to the great start winning the Cy Young this year. Um, so p- potentially in a couple of years down the road, we may revisit that because Max could be, you know, closing in on a Hall of Fame career. Murphy could have, you know, <laughs> may win the next two MVPs the way he looked last year. But uh, the, 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 the symbolism that Worth had necessarily in transforming this team uh, and the production that he's also put up there and some big playoff moments. Uh, and, and some some kind of some of the most memorable uh, post game interviews as well uh, with the Nets um, that uh, I think Worth was kind of the easy choice is, is to just the one of the most important kind of signings and moments for this franchise uh, to get them back to get them to where they are right now. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Nationals edition. For Jamal Collier, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.